Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I am Cindy Coaches. I enjoy spending time with best-selling authors, writers, editors, publishers, and creative souls to talk about the processes of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pros of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as a writer from the moment we put pen to paper. Janine Stokes is with me in the Pen to Paper Press virtual studio. She is a Christian author, educator, and an author coach passionate about helping aspiring Christian authors answer their calling to write. Janine published Lessons from the Writing Wilderness, How I Survived the Journey to Become a Christian Author, and How You Can Too, and Living by Faith. It is wonderful to have you here with me and enjoy a conversation to inspire authors to write. It's wonderful to be here, Cindy, and thank you for inviting me to be a part of Pen to Paper Podcast. You are very, very welcome. It it is wonderful to uh, to speak with you, and you know I have to say. I love the title to your book, Lessons from Writing Wilderness. It intrigues me. Uh, would you like to share with us uh, what writing wilderness is and, and what it means to you? Yes. Yeah. Um, I wrote this as a memoir and a, also as a how-to because this Lessons from the Writing Wilderness basically talks about my journey from the moment I stepped away from my career to pursue the journey to become a Christian writer slash author. And so I, I share my story because I considered it a wilderness experience, kind of like I parallel it with what happened with Moses and the Israelites when they left Egypt and they had to travel through the wilderness to get to the promised land. So I use that story and talk about how I left my career, which was my Egypt, if you will, and then launched out into the wilderness, began the preparation of writing, and then eventually, after overcoming some challenges, just like the Israelites, eventually became an author, which was considered my promised land. So that's where I get the, 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 the uh, title. Okay. So my, my lessons from the writing wilderness. These are the things that I had to go through while I was in the wilderness preparing for my promised land. So what was what was it that really prompted you then to to take that leap of faith and, and leave your career and, and go towards this career or this path of writing uh, this memoir? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think the best way I could describe it is like what happened with Moses when he was going about his business and all of a sudden he saw this burning bush and you know it was God calling him saying Moses I'm I'm calling you to lead the Israelites out of Egypt well the same thing kind of happened to me not the same thing but a similar thing happened to me when I was at work I was going about my business of doing my job enjoying my career and I just heard this voice say it's time to go and so you know long story short I knew that you know God was speaking it took me a while to know that he was speaking and after about a year after fighting it for about a year you know this quote scrolled across my screen at work one day 
that said, never be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. And oh. it was just another sign, I thought, and I shared this in the, in the book, that God was saying it's time to go. And so I, I took, as you said, a leap of faith and said, okay, I'm going to leave my career and step out into this next phase of, of whatever it is you have for me, which was to begin writing, to begin writing as a profession and not as a hobby, which I had done for years. I had been writing for years as a hobby, but he was calling me to write as a professional author, and that was a whole different ball of wax. It is much different, isn't it? When you um, when you do it as a hobby, it's you fit it into your schedule, and when you're doing it as a career, you're your focus shifts on on what you're writing, how you're writing, and of course, how much time you're putting into your writing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are the things I had to learn along the way that in my preparation process that, you know, it does take a commitment to it. It takes some sacrifices to it. If you're really serious about the, the craft of writing and wanting to do it professionally, for me, you know, he went, God called me out of the workforce. Now that is not the story for everyone. That was my story because he wanted me to focus on writing my own books and helping other writers. And that in and of itself is a career. So, but I had to get to the point where I understood that you're, you're moving from one career to another career, Jeannie, not leaving your career and pursuing writing as a hobby. That's, that's a big difference. You're moving from your career to get to another career. And that's what I had to finally, you know, wrap my mind around. But yeah, it's different. If you want to pursue the craft of writing professionally, I say this to the writers that I talk to, you've got to decide where that is in terms of the priority in your life. And you know, for me, I had to decide that it was going to be priority. And if it was going to take X, Y, and Z for me to make that happen understandable and and such a, a leap of faith and um when we get those intuitive or those messages the spiritual messages mm -hmm. um, when we ignore them and we have that resistance like no 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 i'm just imagining this and whatever else but yet the signs keep showing that no 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 <laughs> this is a direction you know that that is going to take you to the next level to to what's going to better your life or as you said make it great so um and the writer's journey, of course, is, is unique to each individual because our writing has its own purpose and, and the messages that we share and intend to share are, are very unique to the individual. So what was it that really just kind of made it that I'm writing this memoir and, and you just sat down and said, I'm doing it. Um, I started, I started, excuse me, I started chronicling my journey once I came home. Because one of the things that God spoke to me about when I came home was read the story of Moses and the Israelites. 
in their journey and start writing what you're learning from their journey. So I started chronicling my journey and what I was going through as I was in the preparation mode here at home. And so a lot of, a lot of the book is based on just my story of, of the things I was going through along the way to become an author. Um, and you know some of the obstacles and challenges. So it didn't happen overnight, Cindy. This book didn't happen overnight. It's kind of a, a compilation of different devotions, if you will, that I've written. They started out more as journal entries, and then I, when I figured out I needed to really share the story, then I started converting them more into well, how can they help Cindy or how can they help you know Janine or somebody else who's beginning the journey that I began you know 10 or 15 years ago. And therefore, this book came to life. Uh, let me share my story. And I keep using Moses as an example, but he's the best example I have. There was a point in their journey where God reminded him to write down the things that you were learning. And so he started also putting things down about their story. Therefore, of course, we have you know the Old Testament or some of the Old Testament because he put chronicled what was happening we would not know what was happening what had happened to the israelites if he hadn't chronicled that story so the same thing is what i did i just started putting down what was going on in my life as a as someone who had stepped away from their career and i was kind of in at home home to me was like a wilderness because not that i wasn't taking care of my home but i was so used to getting up and doing my nine to five going to work you know and so home to me was kind of like a wilderness. So I just started putting down, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And then I started figuring out a way to create a, a table of contents that made sense. And then I started putting the, uh, the uh, personal experiences into a memoir, you know. I think, so, I want to share my story. I want to share what has happened, what happened to me and how I got here. Maybe it can help somebody else who wants to also step out on faith and begin the journey of writing. Like you said, it's not for everybody, but I know there's there's some people out there who would like to answer that call and may be afraid to do so for various reasons. And I think I can help them in terms of my experience, at least I want to. You have um, an adult coloring book, Living by Faith. And it has the inspirational poetry in it. So how long have you been writing poetry? Well, poetry is the first type of writing that I did. I started writing poetry in high school. And um, after, you know, having a crush on a young man that paid no attention to me, so <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I started putting my, my feelings on paper. So I've been writing poetry since high school, and that's really what I thought would be the type of writing I would be doing. I never saw myself writing devotions, which I'm doing now, or articles, which I'm doing now. I started out as a poet, and I'm still a poet. I love writing inspirational poetry. You know, I, I, the book is uh, Living by Faith, a collection of inspirational poetry. And so I don't know if you've heard or, or remember Helen Steiner Rice. Her name, name sounds familiar. She's an inspirational, she was an inspirational poet. And Hallmark, you, you could go to the um, Walgreens or any of Hallmark stores or any other stuff. 
And most of the greeting cards that you would read would be written by her. Interesting. She was a very well-known um, poet and somebody that I aspire to be like. So I want to, you know, I'm creating a product line of, of, of a, my poetry and the coloring book is one of those products. That's so, yes, I love writing poetry. It's another way to, for me to um, share my thoughts, but in poetic form. Right. Inspire others. And that's why the coloring book, uh, I'm doing a, uh, another book. I just finished another book of poetry, same poems, but it's not in coloring book form. It just began a book form for people who just want to you know, read the poetry and not so much do the coloring. So is it going to have the same title, book title, or what's, what's that um, name? The verdict is still out on that because I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> Good question. So I'm still trying to decide if I want to use the same name. Uh, Living by Faith, a collection of inspirational poetry. I like it, but I want to make sure my, my readers will like it too. Yeah. So how many books have you written? And, and of course, what are their titles so that we can share that with the, <laughs> with the listeners? Let me get my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember all of them by memory, but I've written uh, six books. The very first book that I wrote was called Living by Faith, a Collection of Inspirational Poetry. It was an actual uh, book of poems. That was the very first, first one off the chopping block because I was a poet before I was anything else. And then I went and created that same book in a coloring book. So you okay. have both of those now. So that's two books. And then um, I produced a book called Baileyisms, Inspirational Quips and Quotes for Living the Christian Life, which is a compilation of my deceased pastor's uh, kind of sayings, the things that kind of really jumped out at me over the years that he said. And then after he died, I decided to compile a book of quotes for him. And after that, I did the, um, I did a, a devotional book called Living by Faith. I'm sorry, that's Lessons from the Wilderness, Beginning, Preparing for and Surviving the Journey to Write for Publication. So I did that one. And then the one that you saw, The Lessons from the Wilderness, that's a revision of that book. Okay. Um, kind of like a second edition. And the last book that I just published is a book of devotions called Power for Living, 31 Devotions for the Journey of Life and Faith. So that's the very last one that's come off the shopping block. And then I mentioned that I just um, went in and kind of revised the very first book of poems and revised it. So I'm being ready to put that one out again. As you probably know, I self-publish most of my books. I'm not with a uh, traditional publisher, but that's on the bucket list. <laughs> that's that's a down the road kind of down the road kind of thing, but but I am a self publisher. I, I do my own uh, writing. I do my own publishing. And I have my own imprint. So that's worked out well for me so far. Good. Well, then, since we brought well, we and it wasn't a we thing since you <laughs> brought up <laughs> self publishing. Is there an insight for those that are looking to self-publish that are not at the point where they, they feel ready to seek out, you know, one of the, the big publishing houses? Is there a bit of advice or a pearl of wisdom you would like to share with them that gives them that encouragement to, to continue with 
okay, I need to research uh, or I need to do learn this or that, but to help them move forward with their self self publishing project. You're asking if they're interested in self publishing. What 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 wisdom words of wisdom? Yeah, so, yeah, if they're interested in it, but yet they're not. They're on the fence about publishing you know doing the self-publishing what is a pearl of wisdom that you would share with someone who's on that fence you have to know whether or not self-publishing is the route you really want to take or do you feel like you would be better suited to go through a traditional publisher and then, and then you've got to understand the advantages and disadvantages of each and when you out when you weigh the advantages over the disadvantages, you kind of have to decide, okay, self-publishing, do I have more advantages over here? Or do I have more advantages if I go with a traditional publisher? If you go with a, if you decide to self-publish, just understand that you are the publisher. And that means you are doing everything. Do you want that responsibility? Now you can still go through a self-publisher and pay you know somebody to self-publish that's a different type of self-publisher but if you go through for example amazon kindle direct publishing then either you're going to do all the work or you're going to have to contract out for someone to do some of that work for you versus you know if you go with a traditional publisher they're doing that work for you right so, so i think the for me i think what i have learned is it's it's good for a season, but then you, you know you may decide, okay, I'm ready to to transition to traditional publishing and let them do the work, even though you never give up doing all the work. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been doing it now since 2005, self-publishing, and I enjoy the fact that the, I think the word of wisdom I could give is that you get all of the royalties. So, you may put in all the work, but you get all the, the benefits. And that's the beauty of self-publishing. So if you really don't want to have to give up a lot of your income to a traditional publisher, then pursue the self-publishing route. And you'll find it rewarding because you can, you can see your work immediately, and then you get your book in your hand immediately, and then you get your royalty and no one else does. So, Right, right. And then, of course, then you've got the promotion, which is that's hard work getting out there and marketing ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> so you got the you got the flip side of it, the disadvantages and that you are you do it all. You know, you are the publisher. And so and you're not only just the publisher, but you're the marketer. You know, I'm in that stage right now where I'm having to market this book. And so for me, you know, at times it's gotten a little overwhelming. And I say, oh, do I want to, you know, give all of this to somebody else? But I like the, again, the independence that it offers me, the freedom that it offers me. So again, you have to just, my, my tidbit is weigh the advantages of each to help you decide which one is best for you. I like that. I like that pearl of wisdom to to walk the journey and trust that you're making the right decision for yourself. That mm -hmm. again, as you mentioned earlier, um, that it's your journey and it's not for everybody. 
you know, how you, how you go through it. And one thing that really came up to me when we were back, when we were talking about um, your, your book, uh, the lessons from writing uh, wilderness was when you were talking about the, you know, being at home and now you've got this different wilderness, mm-hmm. the thought that came to me was uncharted territory mm-hmm. because you were so used to being in that workplace environment. And so then everything shifts and you're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And now you're home. And so again, this is that uncharted territory. And how long did it take you to you know, get that rhythm of, all right, nine o'clock, I'm sitting down, I'm writing, or, you know, whatever time, I'm not saying that's the time you did it. But, you know, to get into that, this is what I am doing, this is my role. How long did it get take you to get into that rhythm? Oh, a couple of months. When I first came home, I was really into, you know, I had a preschooler, I had a child in a who just started elementary. So my mindset was I'm coming home and I'm gonna take care of them, I'm gonna you know, be a good mom, I'm gonna take care of my house. So I, kind of, I got into that mindset thinking that I was gonna do those things. And in my book, I have a chapter called, I'm home, now what? I had stepped away from my career, but I came home and like I said, it was like, well, all the things I thought I was going to do, I didn't do. You know, I, my daughter kept going to daycare. I, my, my car was still in my garage. I didn't want anyone to know I was home, you know, and because I was just not, I didn't know why I was there yet. And so it took a couple of months after I went through the, oh, you know, I realized I'm not here to clean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just started sitting still and saying, Lord, why am I here? Because I didn't say this to you earlier, Cindy, but he didn't make it clear why he wanted me to leave my career and my job. He just said, go. So at that point, it wasn't clear that he was calling me to write professionally. Really? All All he was saying was go. And I couldn't figure out why he was telling me to go. I had just gotten promoted. And so I had just gotten promoted and here comes this voice on the way to my, from my car to my office. I hear this voice that says it's time to go. And I turned around because I thought it was a person and nobody was there. So, but he didn't make it clear why he told me to go. That would have helped. He just wanted me to make that first step of faith. So I came home, you know, like I said, got caught up in this whirlwind of, whirlwind of cleaning and, you know, on with be a good mom and all that good stuff. Not that I wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, I'd never say that at all. <laughs> but I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all of a sudden, you're home and it's like, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, 
wow, look at the dust over there. And, and you notice things in a different light because you're there versus yeah. when, you know, you're exhausted coming home from work and you got this, this task and that task and, and, mm. you know, the daily chores that you can't do during the day, you know, that are there. And, and of course, then we put on the blinders to the dust bunnies that are cohabitating under the sun. Right, right. <laughs> so, and then when you're home and you've got all this time and you're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. And so back to your question, I just kind of went into a mode of praying and asking God, okay, I'm here. What is it? Why do you have me here? And he slowly started revealing to me, you know, uh, get up. He started waking me up at about 4 a.m. every morning. And for a couple of times, even though I heard him say, get up, I, I didn't budge. And then finally, because it kept happening, I said, okay. He said, get up, go to your office. And I said, okay. So I did. And then I opened my Bible. And I, again, he spoke and said, I want you to read about Moses and the story of their journey from the Israelite from Egypt through the wilderness and long story short he was basically saying i want you to read the story because i'm getting ready to take you through a similar journey while you're home you're here to prepare to write you're going to feel at times as you go through this preparation process that you're going to run all the way back to egypt (laughs) (laughs) because of the challenges that were going to arise along the way so he just started speaking to me and telling me, and this is where I started writing down the vision as he started giving it to me of what it was he was calling me to be. And he just said, I'm, you're here to prepare for a writing ministry. And you're not only here again to prepare for a ministry for you, but you're here to prepare for a ministry for others. Because my background is education. Okay. And so I enjoy teaching and helping others. That's all. That's what I've done. So he just said, I'm just transitioning you from one career to another. And I, of course, so that probably took, mm, you know, I'd say a couple months um, before I really started settling in. And, and, and I just started coming into my office every morning about maybe six o'clock because I'm a morning person. Started getting up and coming into my office and just journaling, reading about Moses and journaling, journaling, journaling. And uh, I had no clue what was going to happen to those journal entries at the time. I was just journaling, being obedient to what God was saying. And uh, so that did that answer the question? I kind of went around the bush there. No, you're fine. No. And, you know, what keeps coming up for me is I'm hearing how much you just, you trusted. You were trusting the messages. You were trusting yourself that you knew that you were doing what was best for for yourself, for your family. And that you, you were accepted. I guess you could say the blind faith because you didn't know what was going to happen forward. Yeah. You didn't have that insight, but you followed your intuition. You, you followed the messages that you received and you said, okay, I'm here. I'm doing it. 
show me the next step, guide yeah. me to the next, you know, to the next uh, trail or again, that uncharted territory yeah. in the wilderness. <laughs> so well, you said it so very well, it was uncharted territory. And I was just taking it step by step, day by day, as to what I was, why I was home and what he was wanting to show me. But obedience, as you also mentioned, was the key. And, um, my faith has always been strong over the years, but this was probably the greatest test of it, uh, stepping away from a lucrative career, you know, and not, and, which I share in my story, not really being able to afford to do that financially. So it was a leap of faith. Fortunately, I had a husband that was willing to allow me to step away. And that in and of itself says a whole lot too, because it's kind of like Mary and Joseph. God knew who to pick. And so mm -hmm. he picked me because he knew he, I had a Joseph that was willing to say, well, if God is calling you to do this, you know, who am I? to uh, question God. So, but we knew it was going to be a step of faith to do that. And, uh, and it was. And it still is. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, well, yes, it, it is. And, and especially in the times that we're in, of course, many of us are, our faith is being tested that everything is going to work out that we are provided for um that you know um i just lost the thought i was gonna say but we are we are in a trusting state that we are going to be okay yeah. that we will be provided for we will be taken care of and so when you're helping clients, are you helping them with the writing process um, or are you helping them by encouragement? How is your process for helping your clients? Good question. I'm not so much helping them with the writing process. I, I provide information as to how to get that help. So I'm more, I'm more of an advisor, mentor, coach. Okay. I like to help them by, let's say, if they need an accountability partner. They started their writing, but they need someone to check in. I'm that cheerleader who, who will pray with them, hold them accountable, and say, you know, you can do this. Um, especially, you know, if you know this is a calling that God has placed on your life. I'm the one who will encourage you and help you live that calling. So yes, um, I'm more of an inspirational piece than I am so much teaching you the craft, even though there's some components of the craft, you know, I might be able to talk to you about. But my ministry is more of, you need someone to, to cheer you along and encourage you and pray for you, I'm that one. And get, <laughs> and get you to your promised land to become an author. And, I like how you word that. Um, because as a writer, as you know, it is a very, it's a lonely process. We yeah. sit, we sit with our writing apparatus for long, long periods of time. Yeah. 
where we're not in communications with another human being, um, unless somebody, of course, calls and we answer that phone call. <laughs> or we're on Facebook. Or... <laughs> but, um, you know, it is a lonely uh, endeavor yeah. for many individuals and that sense of isolation. And, and then, of course, you get the inner critic that, that calls out to us and says, what are you doing? You're no good at this. Why are you writing this? Who's going to read it? You know, and you get all of that, that stuff in there. And to have someone like you who says, hey, you got it. Let's, let's talk this out. Let's go through. And, you know, you said that you don't really give um, instruction on writing, but what you're sharing is just your experience. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, that's more important to get because that that first person i hey been there done that you know this is how i got through this or let's let's talk this out or you know what i mean it's that is more motivational than okay so your lesson today is to do (laughs) abc And that has its place, like you said. That has we need those people who teach the craft. Yes. And it took me a minute to understand that that wasn't where God had placed me. Um, I, you know, I kind of had to figure that out. But, but I've always been my background again has been advising and mentoring students and giving them counsel, and so it just made sense when I was transitioning to become a writer and helping other writers. God was saying. You know, I'm not discarding any of your skills that you had in higher ed, I'm just moving them to you helping writers instead of students. And, you know, I'm still helping students, but it's, it's yes. different, different students. So advising, mentoring, um, I, I, I don't want to use the word counseling because I know that's a, a, um, a different requirement, if you will, in terms of licensing. But right. But that's what I provided students for, you know, and teaching. So I do enjoy teaching. Like I'm getting ready to do a workshop, an online workshop called How to Prepare to Write for the Christian Market. So I'm going to be teaching. Um, and then that way I'm advising students. Because we learned when I was an advisor in, in higher ed, advising is teaching. So I, I enjoy doing both. And that's how I really feel like I can help inspiring Christian writers is by, uh, like you said, feeling, you know, knowing that, okay, I need, I need a lifeline, Janine. Can you pray for me or can you encourage me? Or, you know, I, I can do that. Well, and, and, and back to the whole accountability issue as well, yeah. it's the fact that when we, when we write alone and we don't have, quote unquote, that boss over our shoulder going hey you know you got this deadline come on come on come on where is it you know that accountability partner having somebody say what's going on where are you at how can I support you you know that's priceless as well (laughs) no go ahead because I've been there you know and I'm still there in terms of like you said, it's a lonely, I didn't realize how lonely an occupation writing is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is. It's, a, it's like 
someone was talking about the tennis players and they were saying how lonely their occupation is. It never occurred to me that being a tennis player is a lonely occupation because we all, you know, you see them out there playing and enjoying the game, but they talk about behind the scenes, how lonely it is. And that's the same thing for a writer, you know, behind the scenes, it's, you know, everybody's applauding you and you're out there uh, promoting your books and stuff, that's good. But most of the time, we are sitting in front of a computer writing <laughs> by ourselves. By ourselves, yes. Or as as you're hearing in the background, that's my puppy dog. <laughs> that's you got somebody there with you. <laughs> well, he's he's in the yard and he wants to come in oh. into the camper because he hears me talking, and it's like I'm in the middle of a really good conversation. I'm not walking away. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, Willie James. I'll be there in a little bit. <laughs> I figured he was inside. Oh, no. Well, I've got the windows open because it's a nice, beautiful day. And <laughs> so and I'm not that far from from where his gated, quote unquote, gated community is. It's actually about an acre of land that he's got to run. But he hears me talking with somebody and he's like, hey, so she's got, you know, the attention of somebody else. Wait a minute. <laughs> life happens and i just i yeah. roll with it the best that i can i i do feel bad that he's you know wanting my attention but so your focus is on helping with the workshop you mentioned that it is for um helping the christian writers to to get into that marketplace and one question that kind of popped up for me is I don't want to say is it challenging because that makes it sound like oh there there's this you know select group that can only be involved and and that is not the case because I know that's not the case um <laughs> at all but is it is it a field that um takes more special attention or or activity to really pursue maybe that's how I should word it you talk, are you asking if it's hard to break into the market as a Richard? Yeah, I guess maybe, yes. That maybe that's the question, I, how I need to word it. Is it hard to break into that genre to, to publish books into? Let me think how I want to answer that. The, the craft, learning the craft is the same, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian author. The craft is the craft. Right. Um, Agreed. Getting into the market, I think there are a lot of there are there are like Christian Booksellers Association, for example, CBA. They only publish tradition. I mean, they only really market traditionally published authors. Okay. But for some of those big name authors that are out there, they're most of them are traditionally published. So all of, of all a lot of the Christian authors that want to publish in the market are not. Okay. So right now what I see is you're gonna have and it's kind of similar to the secular market, you're gonna have certain authors that are well known. Mm -hmm. The rest of us. 
<laughs> really the best way. I, and and it, 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 unfortunately, it's the same way with the Christian market as it is with the secular. You got certain authors who are well known, who are push um, to do well. You know, you can, I can name five of them right now, you know, that are well known. And because, you know, they publish a lot of books, they have a great platform and they're, you know, they build an audience. And you've got Max Lucado, you've got Chuck Swindoll, you've got Tony Evans, you've got Priscilla Evans, you've got Joyce Meyer. Okay. I can name some of the big name authors that are out there. And when it comes to the secular, you can also name some of those big name authors that are out there. And they're the ones that typically, you know, get most of the advertising exposure, if you will. That does not mean that someone like myself can't ever become one of those big name authors. That's my goal, you know, to be in, yes. that, in that group, to be in that number, if you will. But for now, yes, it is, it's not so much hard to break into the market, but you do have to, like with secular writing too, you have to have a platform. You have to have a way to promote yourself and to get your name out there so that people say, Oh, you need to read Janine Stokes' books. You know, they're good. So if I had to compare the two, Cindy, I would say, you know, one is probably not harder than the other in terms of the secular versus the Christian market. I think both are hard to, to um, not so much break into, but to build a name into. To build that audience and yeah, to, build to that get audience. that following. Yeah. And so you just have to, you know, you just have to, and this is what I keep getting reminded of when I get discouraged, and I'm sure you probably have too, is you just have to keep writing and you just have to keep building that audience. If you know your writing is good and that you have something to offer, because that's where these big name writers started. Yes. They believe they have good writing. They, they, they published good books. They built a good platform and they've become well-known authors. So that's what I tell myself every day when I find myself not wanting to get up and come into my office to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those days, like you said, when you get discouraged, you just say, well, is anybody really reading my writings? Because I put a lot of stuff out on, on a, I do a weekly newsletter, I write devotions, you know, I, I publish different things. And sometimes you get discouraged because you may not get a big response. Right. And, you know, so I have to, I have to remind myself, who is your audience? Who is your number one audience member? And are right. you writing for him? Are you writing for him? So that's, again, the type of encouragement that I hope I could give other writers who may need it, that we have to remember who, who we're writing for and what our purpose is for our writing and you know, keep believing in ourselves when we die. And the intention, what is the intention that you set out there? Yeah. You know, beautifully said. And, you know, I'm, it, it is so important, the things that we tell ourselves and to have that cheerleader behind us going, you got it, <laughs> you know, um, is, is, just it's such a blessing it really is a blessing and so and it takes and for somebody to do that you know 
it's I, I don't want to say that it, it's a for some people it comes very natural and just in our communications here that we've had this you know this afternoon is it comes very natural for you to be that person that says hey whoa let's let's take a step back let's talk this out and let's see how we can go forward Mm -hmm. i can tell that that's the kind of person that you are and you're listening you're you're hearing because i'm you're asking me to clarify my questions, which, hey, if you don't, if you don't understand my question, because I am a rambler. <laughs> and then I get started on a question that's like, well, wait, wait a minute, that's not what I wanted to ask that. Let me reword that. And, and I, and of course, I don't hear it when I'm saying it during the interview. But when I listen back to the podcast, and it's like, Oh, my goodness, Cynthia, you know, what were you doing? <laughs> You're no wonder they didn't know how to answer your question. You're confusing. Them. <laughs> so I mean, that is something that I'm working on and, and trying to make sure that I ask very concise questions. So you know, but I can tell that you're the type of person who is listening, wants to make sure that the information that you're hearing is is what I'm trying to relay. Mm-hmm. And, and that that in itself is a blessing in regards to, you know, like this interview to hold mm-hmm. that conversation. And when you're when you're doing your ministry, and when you're doing your 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 coaching and and your workshops and and helping these individuals, you know, your target audience, your target writers, your target clients, when you're helping them through the processes, whatever area that you're working with them, you know, the fact that you're listening, and you're not afraid to say, wait a minute, what did you say? What did you mean? That is, that's a skill. And it's very natural for you. So, yes, you are definitely in that education field. And that's not trainable. That's not something you can learn. That's natural. That's a natural gift. So, um, thank you for that. that uh, you are very welcome because of the fact that, again, I ramble. I ramble <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and anybody who knows me, Knows I'm a rambling. <laughs> so, we have um, our strengths and we have our weaknesses, you know, and it's, it's, it's as important to know our strengths as it is to know our weaknesses. So, so we, we just continue to work on improving our weaknesses. I certainly have a lot. So, I'm, um, so don't you, don't you stress about it. Just keep working on it. exactly exactly before we wrap up today's uh podcast episode Mm -hmm. is there something that you wanted to mention that i didn't ask about is there you know something that you would like to share or or inform us about um i can't really think of anything other than you know we talked about the book and so I am marketing that these lessons from the writing wilderness right now. And I just want people to understand, you know, that it is a memoir about my journey, but it's also a book. I have uh, questions at the end of each chapter that encourage those who uh, buy the book to answer those questions about themselves as writers. 
So for example, um, the first chapter talks about the stirrings within. So it was, it was when I was at work and I kept getting these different signs that, you know, something's changing within me because I was writing at work when I should have been working. (laughs) 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 And so I share that story, but at the end of the chapter, then I ask the writer to answer those questions about, you know, what's happening within you, what's changing within you that indicates that you may be, um, your passion may be changing toward writing. So I just want people to know that, you know, this is a book that I'm hoping will inspire them. This is aimed at new writers, aspiring writers who are beginning their journey. And that in some way, you know, it is my hope that my story will encourage them to begin their journey of writing and become the, um, the authors that, that God may be calling them to be. So that's, that's really what I think I want to leave. It's just that word of inspiration. And that uh, my book is available for them to purchase on Amazon if they're interested in in, uh, learning more about. And what is your website? So that those, well, actually you have two websites, correct? Yes, I do. What are those websites so that they can learn more about the services you offer and and what it is that you do? Okay. Uh, Writingforhim.org is the website that is targeted to uh, aspiring Christian writers. So that'll show you you what I do in terms of the um, mentoring and the coaching and the the training and worksheets. Inspirationforliving.net is my platform where I write and publish my own writing. So uh, that's inspirationforliving.net. So if you want to go out there and learn about my books and my devotions and join my mailing list, that's where you'll go for that. I, I love how you add that. And join my mailing list, email. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's great marketing right there. Because <laughs> you know what? I think you're maybe the second or third person who's ever said that in any of the podcasts that I've done. And to join my mail, my email list. <laughs> um, Love to have you as a, a, you know, as a subscriber so that you can receive a word of encouragement from me as either a writer or just a person in general. So that, those are the two main websites that I offer. So uh, again, inspirationforliving.net and writingforhim.org. Oh, beautiful. Janine, thank you. Thank you so much for, for this beautiful conversation. I just, I feel so, uh, so fortunate to be able to spend this time with you because of the fact that it's so natural to speak with you and, and, and the fact that you're wandering this uncharted territory in full trust, um, that's familiar with me because of the fact that that's how I travel. Mm. I have a plan. I don't know necessarily where I'm going next. I don't know until typically the the morning of that mm-hmm. I'm leaving, you wow. know, um, mm-hmm. and typically when I set out and make a plan, it's not where I usually end up. I mm-hmm. usually end up somewhere else. Yeah. So going by that faith and, and trusting that, you know what, I'm going where I need to be. I, 
I recognize that journey that you're on. It's a different, you know, we're on parallel journeys in that regard, but mm -hmm. in two different ways. But I recognize that. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you then because you understand. I do understand. I understand that whole you know, living on a prayer, it was the phrase that just popped into my head. And and it is living on on faith and and knowing. And it does take courage for us to to have that faith and to live by the trust that will be where we are intended to be yeah. and where we need to be. So. Yeah. And, and that's good because that's exactly why I call my book Living by Faith. Yes. And uh, it, yeah, it, it's all about, um, for me, you know, it's all about living a life of faith. And so, you know, for, for a writer, it's also a faith walk, depending on what you may have to give up to pursue your writing, you know, and so it's a faith walk, you know, like you said, in a different way, but we all have to be willing to, if we're going to be writers, we all have to be willing to give up something. And the yes. question again is, what are you willing to give up for the sake of writing, for the call of writing? And so I'll leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you again, Janine. I am grateful. Well, thank you. I am grateful too for the opportunity. So I appreciate it. And Keep writing and keep traveling. <laughs> I plan to, and thank you. And you are welcome, by the way. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with Janine Stokes. To access her websites and purchase the books she has written, visit the show notes page for this episode at pentopaperpress.com backslash podcast. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press newsletter and subscribe on your favorite podcast application. You are invited to share your favorite episodes on social media and with those individuals who will resonate with this content. Take care and until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Your words have power. Your story matters. Bye for now.